What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 56. Episode 56, man. It's hard to believe. Episode 56 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. It's great to have you in on a Friday night. It's currently 7.30 my time over here in Ohio. Depending on where you're listening, might be a different time where you're listening. But man, it's been a long week for me. I don't know about you guys. It's been, oh, I'm just so glad that the week's over. Uh, Just, just so tired, man. Just so tired. I just had a lot of schoolwork to do. Not necessarily hard stuff to do, but just a lot of stuff to do. Uh, I've been doing a lot with Orbit Media as well. And I also had a great, great interview on the Muskie Sports Blast on one of my friend's radio shows on WMCO. I did, me and him interviewed, me and my friend Andrew Price, we interviewed three members of the Muskingum uh, girls basketball team. And we interviewed them for half an hour and it was some great stuff. We asked some, some basketball questions, some fun questions. It was great stuff. Um, and you should t- tune in to WMCO and on orbitmediaonline.com every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. with Andrew. So you can catch the first half an hour. is Musky Sports uh, Sports Blast. We call that the Musky Sports Blast where we interview members of sports teams on campus. Uh, girls basketball is on Thursdays. So you can tune in then with him. For me, on Mondays, I interview the men's basketball team. And then also throughout the week, we have the wrestling team on. It's really, it's one of our most listened to uh, programs throughout all of Orbit Media, TV, radio. I mean, it's one of our most popular things. It's really good. And I've been really thrilled with everyone, everything I've been doing in there to this point. Um. And then I'm calling a basketball game tomorrow, girls basketball game on the radio. That's going to be around four o'clock. So make sure you tune into that as well. But I mean, I've just been doing a lot of that plus schoolwork. Plus I've been working out every day with a couple friends of mine. Shout out Alec and Dalton. Um, But man, I'm just tired. My body is just broken down and sore. I don't think there is a single muscle in my body that is not sore. It's just crazy the amount of work we put in. But let's jump in. Let's have a good episode here on a Friday. Let's start the weekend off right. Um, so the the Pro Bowl is going on this week. Yay. I mean, I've never been a huge fan of the Pro Bowl. It's not a really... It, when they used to do just the game, it wasn't very entertaining. Because nobody tackled. And you just threw deep balls down the field. It was basically two-hand touch. Which, I mean, you don't want anybody getting hurt, but it just makes the game not really enjoyable to watch. I think it'd be a lot better if you did, like, flag football. If you did flag football, I think that would at least have some kind of entertainment value to it. Because it wouldn't be just, like, two-hand touch. But, I mean, I do like how they've, they've added all these... Skills events now, the quarterback challenge, hitting those moving targets, um, those relay races where 
you know, you have a bunch of people trying to do something and it's just, it's just a relay. You tag the next person in basically. And then they do dodgeball. They did kick, kick tack toe one year where the field goal kickers had to hit squares out of the goal, uh, like out of the goalpost, try to get three in a row. That's really entertaining. And that's really difficult too. It's difficult to make a field goal, let alone put it in a certain spot. Um, because at least when you're kicking a field goal, I mean, you got the entire goalpost to work with, however wide that is. But when you're playing kick-tack-toe, you shrink that target by a significant margin. But I do like how they've done a lot of that, but I'm still not really into the game because it's just, just not that fun to watch anymore. Uh, but I... I do certainly think that the Pro Bowl still has entertainment value as far as the skills challenges go. But that's going on this week and this weekend. and We're about a week out from Super Bowl 53 between the Rams and the Patriots. We'll get more into that matchup, dive deeper into that next week. But, man, football's coming to a close and it's been an exciting season. So, uh, but... Speaking of the end of the season, the Saints ended their season. Their season was ended by the Rams last week due to a controversial pass interference play that we we went over a couple of days ago. And the NFL has they haven't really made a statement on it. They have, they haven't made any statement. Roger Goodell hasn't said anything. People have been calling for him to. Uh, the Saints fans are suing the league for a rematch. Uh, Roger Goodell has said nothing, as I've said. But the NFL has fined the Rams' Rams's Nick, Nickel Roby Coleman, the guy who committed that non-called pass interference, uh, for the helmet-to-helmet hit that was on that play. He did hit him helmet-to-helmet. No flag was thrown, but they did fine him for the hit. But if you're Roger Goodell, if you're somebody within the league office, you've got to say something. You have to say, oh, we missed the call, it happened, but there's nothing we can do, we're terribly sorry, and we'll work to make sure that plays as egregious as that never happen again. But to just sit there in silence, I think, is very unprofessional, and quite frankly, it's going to make the NFL a very hated league. I mean, fans are still going to watch it because it's the NFL, but excuse me drop my phone but fans are going to be really thoroughly upset for a while i mean they've owned up to stuff in the past after the fact they owned up to the des bryant call they said it should have been a catch in that divisional round against the packers in 20 it would have been 2014 2015 season they've owned up to things but this is something that I mean, this is probably the most egregious non-call in sports history, in my opinion, at least. And so for Roger Goodell and no one else in the league office, for them to not say anything, it's very unprofessional. And, you know, these guys are supposed to lead by example and be the face of the league. And they're not, they're not owning up to... The mistake, and obviously I think they know they're going to get a lot of backlash if they say anything, but something has to be said. You can't just sit in silence. I think 
any words would be better than no words at this point than just silent action of just finding finding a player for a hit when you didn't even call a penalty on something more obvious than that. Because if you if you weren't going to call helmet to helmet, which is always a bang bang play, and you just never know sometimes. I mean, the, it was it couldn't have been any more obvious. It couldn't have been any more obvious. I don't I don't know. I don't know. But shifting to more news in the NFL, uh, Cole Beasley seems a little disgruntled with the Dallas Cowboys. Talked about how. NFL organizations, front offices know who they want to give the ball to. They game they game plan who they want to get the ball to, and that he wasn't a high priority in that regard, and was really only given the ball in the two minute drill when things weren't planned. And of course, he's been going back and forth with fans who have been tweeting at him about this, and even Stephen Jones fired back and said that they don't, they don't control what the game plan is that's all Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan at the time and Marinelli they all control the game plan offensively and defensively um, but I'm I'm on uh, Stephen Jones's side on this one I'd, I'd for a player to like I guess demand targets when all I mean Cole Beasley is a really good receiver and I love Cole Beasley I'm a huge Beasley fan he's probably outside of Julian Edelman the best slot receiver in football especially with what he does on third downs throughout the the course of a game but all he is is a slot receiver he's not a number one guy he's like 5'8 a buck 70 he's a small dude and Quite frankly, he's been injury prone this year. He dealt with an ankle injury all year. And I love me some Cole Beasley, but and I, and I understand where he's coming from. I know every receiver in the league wants the ball. They they want the ball. They want to shine. But Cole Beasley's role isn't to get the ball on every play. Cole Beasley's role is being a security blanket and a guy who can just make plays in space and run routes. Uh, Cole Beasley is an excellent route runner and he's really quick in those, in those short routes. He's a guy that on third down is almost impossible to cover. I mean, uh, Stephen Jones and Jerry, they, they, although it may seem like Jerry Jones controls everything as far as, front office, coaching, and and schematics, I really don't think he controls who gets the ball and who doesn't. I really don't think so because if you're pushing for one guy to get the, like, I don't know, it's, it's tough because ultimately GMs and owners and stuff, they don't, they want to play, they want to pay players They they only want to pay the players who are producing at a high rate, and they're not gonna. I don't know. I'm. I don't even know how to explain this really. But Cole Beasley, his role is not a number one receiver. He is a slot receiver who you look for on third down and in the red zone to get open 
make people miss with his quickness. I mean, I love that little spin move he does off the catch. He catches it and just like reverses field right away. It's one of my favorite things he does because he just shakes anyone who's in front of him that tries to tackle him. I love me some Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's a great receiver as far as playing in the slot. And he he can get up and he can make some incredible catches. But I don't I don't think he is of high value like an Amari Cooper and some of these other number one type receivers in the league. I think he should be the highest paid slot receiver and I think he should be certainly be given looks in third down opportunities and certainly in the red zone and in the two minute drill like he does because that's his role. That's what he just, he thrives in. He thrives in the middle of the field and, and in the big moments in the game, making clutch catches. He's more of a late game, last couple of minutes guy to me than he is a number one, feed him the ball every play. Great receiver, but I'm siding with Stephen Jones on this. I don't think Stephen Jones has any... I think Cole Beasley is just wrong in the idea that front offices control what the game plan is because I don't think that's the case. I understand his frustration and I understand that he wants the ball and he wants the he wants the ball out. But he's wrong in his argument because I think coaches know that the coaches are are the ones putting the schematics into place. I, I don't I don't think front offices really control what happens on the field. They don't people say they call down on the field and say, hey, run this play, run that play, get this player in, pull him out. I don't really think that's the case. Of all people to expect it from, I would expect it from Jerry Jones, but I honestly, sincerely, sincerely don't think Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones does that. Um, Antonio Brown, shifting gears, Antonio Brown seems to be really high on the 49ers, seems to be really into joining them. Uh, Jerry Rice on a radio station said that if you have the opportunity to go out there and get a guy like an Antonio Antonio Brown who can change the offense in so many ways, you have to go get him. And Antonio Brown heard that and he felt like that was kind of a a push from Jerry, like Jerry pushing the 49ers to go out and get Antonio Brown. I really think that's where he's going to end up. Antonio Brown to the 49ers, he would change everything, really enhance the development of Garoppolo and make the 49ers a scary team if everyone's healthy. They're young, but adding Antonio Brown, who's extremely talented, I think he's going to do a lot for their team, but also it could work against them as far as the personality because supposedly Mike Tomlin has put up with Antonio Brown. The only reason why he's kept him around is because of what he does on the field. And he's really struggled with his antics and his maturity and just what he does. So 
I, I think the 49ers, that's, that's where he's going to end up. I think that's the most likely situation. They have a need at receiver. I think that's where he's going to be traded to. I don't think he's, they're going to get a first-round pick. First-round pick, I think, is just highly, highly unlikely. But, I mean, you never know. The Cowboys... The Cowboys gave up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, but I think there's a difference there. I don't. I, I'm not saying Amari Cooper wasn't worth a first-round pick. I don't think any player. There's not many players in the league that are worth a first-round pick. But teams were offering second-round picks for Amari Cooper, including the Eagles, and the Cowboys at the time had a need for receiver, and that and they couldn't give up like a third or anything like that because the Eagles and other teams were offering seconds. So the only way to ensure that you get a guy like Amari Cooper is you're just going to have to overpay. It's really just the lesser of two evils. Do you give up your first round pick or do you let the Philadelphia Eagles get him and change their whole season while you just stay stagnant and maybe even go go south? I mean, because Amari Cooper changed everything for Dallas. I mean, their offensive game was awful, and Dak wasn't having a great year. And then Amari Cooper comes, and then Dak soars to one of the higher-rated quarterbacks in the league in terms of efficiency. I think Antonio Brown can have that a similar kind of impact. I don't think a first-round pick is going to be the, the price because he's an older receiver. He comes with a lot of baggage. He's 30 and comes with so much baggage. I would say you're probably going to get a third maximum. I think if Golden Tate gets you a third, if, if Philly got Golden Tate for a third, I'd say a second at the max, but really I, I, I think a third. A third and a fourth, and then whatever you got to, whatever else they decide to throw in on both sides, I don't know. But Antonio Brown to the 49ers, I think, is very likely, and I think that's that would totally work as far as a, a fit, um, as far as production and things like that. But we'll see how the antics go in the locker room, I suppose. And then, bless, bless this man's soul, Larry Fitzgerald is coming back on a one-year deal to the Arizona Cardinals. Just absolutely Bless this man's heart. And Larry Fitzgerald, I I just love Larry Fitzgerald. He's such a class act on the field, off the field. He's one of the all-time great receivers, top five all-time receiver. He is just an outstanding player. And the reason why I say bless his soul is because he has just been so gracious and respectful to this organization. Hasn't had a single bad thing to say. And is just... You know, he's just suffered through the bad times, the, the the down years. And really, I think he's probably the greatest player in the league right now. And certainly may, and one of the greatest players of all time to not have a Super Bowl ring on their finger. Larry Fitzgerald, like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago was, I mean, he just caught every ball Went up for everything. He was so fast. Uh, a, an amazing route runner. He really prided uh, prides himself on the on the way he runs his routes. I remember what like as a kid when I played flag football and stuff. 
I used to watch videos of Larry Fitzgerald running routes, running the entire route tree, zero through nine. And I mean, he was just an outstanding route runner and he always used his hands for everything. He never used his body on any catches. He always used his hands. And I just loved watching Larry Fitzgerald videos because he was just so so good and he was real like he was like the perfect receiver in my eyes ran routes perfectly high pointed every ball used his hands was extremely intelligent and smart and he was just was, i mean pretty athletic too really fast i love larry fitzgerald one of my all-time favorite players and all-time favorite people um, not only in sports, but just in the world. I just, I love Larry Fitzgerald. Bless this man's soul. Coming back for what I would assume is his last season. And maybe another year, a year under Rosen's belt. Maybe they, Cliff Kingsbury can turn this offense around and maybe they'll give Larry Fitzgerald one more run at it. But we'll see. But I just, I love Larry Fitzgerald. Bless that man's soul. <laughs> Oh, and then one more quick side note. Uh, after the AFC Championship game, like literally two days after, uh, the Chiefs fired their defensive coordinator. Um, and Rex Ryan was favored to be brought in, but then uh, he they, they ended up bringing in former Giants defensive coordinator and head coach Steve Spagnola, uh, who was pretty good. Uh, a couple years ago when he was the de- defensive coordinator uh, for the Giants. And I, I certainly think a change was needed for the Chiefs because in that overtime period in the AFC Championship game, they literally they couldn't stop anything. They didn't make any adjustments, and that was one of the frustrations with their former uh, uh, defensive coordinator was that he never made adjustments during the game, never really made adjustments in practice. Just kind of stuck to the same old formula and just kept plugging away at it. And that doesn't work in professional sports. You've got to make adjustments. It's not like running the football where you just got to be persistent with it to get it to work. Uh, like defense, if a team's just shredding you in the pass game, then you've got to, you know, not rush the quarterback as much, send people in coverage, maybe switch from zone to man or man to zone, whatever the case may be. If you have a mobile quarterback who's running all over you, you got to put a spy in the middle um, throughout the game. And if you have a quarterback uh, who doesn't thrive well under pressure, like a Drew Brees or or some of the other shorter quarterbacks in the league, you got to put pressure in their face, rush five, rush six. Um, and the Chiefs defensive coordinator, I don't know his name, unfortunately. That's bad journalism on on my part um i dropped my phone let me grab my phone let's look up uh let me see let's look up the former chiefs defensive coordinator the chiefs fired well okay they fired bob sutton okay i remember seeing that name they fired bob sutton brought in steve spagnola so yeah, well, I mean, when you don't make adjustments during the game and during the season, I mean, that's I'm pretty sure that's a pretty good reason to get fired. <laughs> so, 
Um, so that's pretty much it for NFL news. Pro Bowl is going on right now with all the the skills challenges and stuff. Actually, a quick side note on the on the Pro Bowl. Uh, Jamal Adams, that star safety for the Jets, he laid a a hit. I don't know. It was all it was on social media. I saw it on Twitter. Laid a hit on the Patriots mascot who was um down there at at the Pro Bowl and laid a hit on him and actually ended up putting him in the hospital. And I forget what it was. I I think he broke something. I think he Oh man, I don't I don't remember what it was. But uh let's see. Patriots mascot hurt. Uh, Jet safety Jamal Adams says he didn't hit the Patriots mascot that hard. Yeah, I mean, he's hurt. So, and he didn't apologize. But, just says he was hospitalized and that he was just really sore. Um, the, and the Patriots mascot had no idea the hit was coming. NFL is calling Jamal Adams. They're not happy with what Jamal Adams did. But it was, I guess it was supposed to be a joke, which obviously was supposed to be a joke. I didn't really think it was that funny at the time because you can just see, he just lit him up. But... Yeah, look that up on Twitter, YouTube. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But, I mean, yeah, he just popped him. And especially, like, when you don't know they're coming. Some, I mean, sometimes they don't. They, they hurt the least when you don't know they're coming. But sometimes they hurt a lot, especially if it's an awkward hit. And it looked like he got hit in the head area. So, I mean, it was pretty rough. Make sure you check that out. All kinds of crazy stuff going on at the Pro Bowl, I guess. Um, all right, so shift to the NBA. Uh, the NBA All-Star starters for the West and East were named yesterday. Actually, it might have been today. I don't even know anymore. Week's been, this week's been too long. Uh, but LeBron and Giannis are the captains. They're the leading vote-getters. That's uh, I kind of went over that um, a while back, or whenever, whatever episode it was. I don't even know anymore. But um, but the rest of the All Star starters for the West: Paul George, who's having an MVP season right now, he's in that conversation. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and then James Harden, who's just on an absolute tear, scoring the basketball right now, averaging like fifty two. Over his last five games, scored 61 at the Garden, tying Kobe's record for an opposing player in Madison Square Garden. One away from the all-time record of 62 by Carmelo Anthony when he was a Nick. So the All-Stars for the West are LeBron, Paul George, Durant, Curry, and Harden. And then in the East, we have Giannis as a captain, and then Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, and Kyrie Irving. I thought Dwayne Wade, when I was going through the voting 
like a week ago. I thought Dwayne Wade was going to get in there. Because uh, I, I maybe they only put some of the notable vote-getters, maybe not the highest, but I guess that was on ESPN that I was looking at, so that's that's ESPN's fault for not putting up accurate numbers, or maybe they are putting up an accurate like order of people, but maybe they did. I don't know. Maybe just a ton changed in the course of a week. Um because I thought Luka Doncic was going to be a starter too, and he wasn't. Um, but yeah, so LeBron was the leading vote getter, so I'm assuming that he would be the captain. So what we're going to do is we're, we're going to predict, now that we know who the all-star starters are, we're going to predict who uh, is going to be taken by... Giannis and LeBron. So let's assume LeBron gets first pick. I told you this um, last last week that I thought he was going to take Kyrie Irving. I think it's a toss-up between KD and Kyrie Irving. I think he's going to go with Kevin Durant as far as a recruitment to LA because I think Durant, but I think there's a high possibility he comes to the Lakers next year so I think he's going to pick him to kind of build up that relationship um, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo already said he's going to take Joel Embiid that's who he said he would take so Joel Embiid is going to be taken by Giannis LeBron is then going to take Kyrie So Kyrie Irving is going to go to Team LeBron. Giannis is going to take um, Oh, this is tough. I think Giannis is probably going to take Steph. He'll probably take Steph Curry. At least that's probably that's what I would do. Then LeBron will take Kawhi Leonard, again, it's a recruitment thing. He's going to want look Kawhi to come to the Lakers. I don't think I don't think Kawhi is going to the Lakers, but you still might as well try and recruit. Giannis is going to take James Harden because he's the best available and he can score the ball at will. By the way, if if James Harden, like in his sixty-one point game against the Knicks. He was like 5 of 20 from 3, but he made like 22 free throws. He is the best in the league at drawing fouls, but he also gets calls that he absolutely shouldn't. Like LeBron and Giannis and other guys should get way more calls than they do. But James Harden just has full approval by the refs, I guess. But if Le- if James Harden shoots like 25 free throws against... Uh, or in the All-Star game, I swear I'm... I'm done with the All-Star game. Um, that's ridiculous because he's just, that's just a joke sometimes. Okay, but let's see. So Giannis takes James Harden. So LeBron, I need to clear this list. So Embiid's gone. 
just gotta backspace all this. Kyrie's gone. Kawhi's gone. Curry's gone. Durant's gone. Okay, so we only have Paul George and Kemba Walker left. Um, I think Paul George is going to go to LeBron. And then that would leave Kemba Walker, who is a superstar this year. And he's going to get a big extension from, from the Hornets. He is just balling out this year. I think those are going to be your all-star teams. So we'll have Team LeBron being LeBron, Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. And Team Giannis is Giannis, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kemba Walker. And if I had to pick who was going to win this game, I'm going to go with... This is tough because all of these guys can shoot. I'm going to go with Team Giannis. I'm going to pick Team Giannis to win this game. That's who I'm going to pick. Should make for an interesting all-star game. I don't know anything about, I don't know when the reserves are going to be announced. But we'll predict the reserves too when they when those come out. Not sure when. I know, yeah, I'm not even sure about the dunk contest and like the three point contest, skills challenge. I think Luka Doncic, Doncic is in the skill challenge. So let's look at the three point contest, see if there's anything there. Steph Curry invited to participate. That's not surprising. Um, I think is Dirk gonna be in it? Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki's gonna be in. And I saw something the other day too. Luka Doncic tweeted that him and Dirk were gonna join the dunk contest. I don't think that's actually happening. I think that's a joke. But that would be absolutely amazing if that happened. That would be incredible. Yeah, so I don't think there's anything on the slam or on the three-point contest. Probably nothing on the dunk contest either. So Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be okay. Here we go. Here's an article: reported reported participants for the dunk, three-point, and skills challenge, slam dunk contest. Oh well, they only have one. For each. So I guess not everything is confirmed yet. But Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be in the slam dunk contest. Seth Curry is going to be in the three point contest. Not Steph, but Seth Curry. And Steph will probably in there as well. So we might have the Curry brothers. And then in the skills challenge, we have Luka Doncic. And I love Luka Doncic too. He's having a great year as a rookie. 19 years old, man. I know I went over this a while back, but. He's the same age as me, and he's doing the things that he's doing. I I could only dream of doing stuff like that. I mean, he is just an absolutely incredible player. 
Absolutely incredible player. All right, so that's really all. I mean, all I have on the on this for my show notes. So I'm just gonna start scrolling through some stuff, and as if I see some uh, see some interesting stories, then I'm just gonna uh, we'll just talk about them for a little bit. Um, I did see that the Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers signed a player that's potentially going to rule out Bryce Harper joining them. So my prediction is probably going to be wrong on that. Dodgers sign, uh, the Dodgers signed AJ Pollock and AJ Pollock, I believe is an outfielder. He's a center fielder, and so he's joining the LA Dodgers. And actually, he's pro—I think he's replacing Yasiel Puig. Um, and that signing's probably not gonna—they're probably not gonna bring in Bryce Harper now. So that might—that means my my prediction is probably gonna fall through. Um, so I think my other option. If I had to pick another team, I think the Yankees. I think it's down to the Yankees and the Phillies. I think I think he's going to go to the Yankees. And Manny Machado, I don't, uh, I don't know if he's going to go to the Yankees with Bryce Harper. That would be in- just absolutely insane. You would have Aaron Judge, John uh, John Carlos Stanton. Uh, you would have Bryce Harper, and you would have Manny Machado all in the same team. I mean, that's. You have Manny Machado at third base, maybe shortstop. And then you have Stanton, Judge, and Harper out in the outfield. (laughs) That's just crazy. You're going to have three superstars in the outfield. All guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark like it's nothing. Crazy. But I think... I think Bryce Harper is going to the Yankees now because of that signing. And then I'm going to say Manny Machado to the Phillies. But really, I don't even know. I don't even know why they've been they haven't been signed. I I really don't know. I don't know if they're if they're just waiting out just to see who can just bid the highest. But yeah, I don't know. I just saw a report on my phone here on Bleacher Report. Uh, LeBron, LeBron James and his camp. I don't know if it's LeBron and his camp or if LeBron's camp itself would they would prefer a new head coach uh, and would rather Luke Walton be fired so they can bring someone else in. Um. So. This is from Brian Windhorst and Jackie McMullen, speculating that the Lakers Lakers forward LeBron James's camp would prefer a head coaching change. Um, 
but this is not LeBron. So LeBron doesn't want the coaching change, but all of the people around LeBron would prefer Luke Walton to be gone. I think Luke Walton's a good coach. I think right now they're just in a precarious situation because of all the injuries. I mean, LeBron gets hurt, and he's been out for like the last, it seems like, 15 games. That certainly doesn't help when the best player in the world doesn't play. Lonzo gets hurt. Brandon Ingram is just not great. He doesn't need to be in L.A. He needs to be somewhere else. Kuzma's been balling out, but Kuzma can't do it all on his own every night. Avicii Zubac has really been stepping up and playing playing great basketball, but I don't think you can put all this on, on Luke Walton because he just they've been injured. They're sitting at 25 and 24 right now. LeBron should be back before the All-Star break. Should be back next week, really. Rondo's going to be back soon. Um, and right now, the Lakers are prioritizing two kinds of trades. They have two kinds of trades on their on their priority list. Um, one that is going to increase the chances of them making the playoffs and making a deep run. And a blockbuster that lands a second star for LeBron James to play with. I'm going to guess that second star is Anthony Davis. I don't think they're going to be able to get Anthony Davis. I think... I think Anthony Davis is just out of reach this season. I just don't think it's possible. The most likely person to be able to trade for would be Bradley Beal. He's an excellent shooter, and I think he would work well with LeBron. But I think you've just got to sit on that. Like Unless a deal opens up for Anthony Davis this year, I think you sit on your assets and you wait until the offseason to potentially make a move, potentially unload those guys. And if you wait to the offseason, guys like Clay Thompson are going to be available. Kemba Walker is going to be available. Um, the Grizzlies did make Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley available for trade, and there's rumors that the Lakers should, uh, could and should go after a guy like Mike Conley, who's a veteran star point guard. Only problem is, is he's making a lot of money. I mean, when the NBA first went, like they when they went through that cap spike a couple years ago, that first cap spike. Yeah, I think he he was getting. I think he signed a deal that was like worth 160 million, and that was the highest paid at the time. And then now you got you have guys like Harden and Curry making over 200. But I think a deal like that would certainly help the Lakers as far as point guard play. If you can trade, if you can trade Alonzo and a an Ingram and get a guy like Conley, I think it's fine. But Conley's an injury prone point guard and he's older. I would rather sit on my stock and hold out for a guy like like Anthony Davis or try to go after Clay Thompson in the summer, Kevin Durant. I think you've just got to understand the fact that this year is going to be pretty tough to win a championship and just kind of sit on your assets, make as deep a run in the playoffs as you can. If you even make the playoffs, it depends on injuries and just wait until the off season. Just 
just be patient. I think patience is really just the key uh, with this situation. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for me for this week. Uh, kind of a shorter episode, but hey, that's all right. I mean, we're kind of hitting a, a patch where, you know, the Pro Bowl, there's not really much to talk about as far as Pro Bowl. Um, NFL is not as prominent because, we, you know, we're a week out from the Super Bowl, but um, we'll dive into all of that next week. That's going to be some great stuff. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at the Will Ford Show. I haven't been as active recently, but uh, make sure I post the link to this one as soon as it uploads. And remember, I told you something big was coming. I'm not going to announce it yet, but likely going to start doing it next week. And you'll know when when it happens. Um, and also, be, tur- be sure to tune into my weekly radio show on WMCO ninety point seven. If you're in the New Concord or you know the Cambridge New Concord Bisel that that kind of area if you're in that area if not go on orbitmediaonline.com or you can get the WMCO TuneIn Radio app you can listen from there tune into my radio show on Mondays from 8 to 10 p.m. Um, and you'll get to hear some new music by some artists that you've more than likely never heard of um, obviously news for the new Concord area and surrounding areas weather stuff general stuff like that you got your music and then i have a segment uh at 20 till the top of the hour each hour where i just talk about anything sports i usually just pick one topic and talk about it for about five or six minutes and you know that's kind of how i bring the podcast to the radio i can't really bring it there for the entire duration but you know, I can bring little snippets here and there. So be sure to tune into that. And the first hour, first half an hour of the show every week is going to be the Muskie Sports Blast where I interview members of the men's basketball team. And if we, if there was ever a time where we can't get members of the team, I would do a national sports Muskie Sports Blast with a, a co-host where we just really just chat about anything going on in professional sports. and. You know, it's just great conversation. It's great topics. And be sure to tune into that every Monday, 8 to 10 p.m. So, yeah, be sure to tune into that. But, yeah, that's all I got for this week, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week in episode 57. It's WFS. WFS.